We are coming in for a landing with the heat wave, with the New York Jets. Only right that we ended with the hometown team of two out of the three Brodo uh, compatriots that are going to be bringing you this heat wave today. The reason why we're bringing this heat wave is because of the Fantasy Football by Brodo app. Go check it out. It's completely free. It has every single stat you need to dominate fantasy football, and it has a who to draft tool. This who to draft tool, bases, uh, algorithmic science. All right, we can't give away the details, but there's an algorithm involved. And that algorithm is involved with our math and magician, Santiago Casanova, who also coded the entire app. So go check out the app. It is completely 100% free. It gives you every stat you need and all of our content. And that content is brought to you by the people, the lovely people at patreon.com slash fantasy. Go check out Patreon. We have an announcement coming up very soon next week that is going to change the Broto game forever. Uh, so definitely go check it out and patrons will have a much better situation. And we, we're updating Patreon tiers, giving you guys even more stuff. Come join us. All right. Come join us. It is the, it is the fantasy football by Brodo app for free. It is patreon.com slash Brodo fantasy. And it is fantasy, the Brodo fantasy football podcast. This is the longest intro of the heat wave so far. It's only right. Cause today's the last one. Let's get into it though. The J-A-T-S Jets, Jets, Jets. Yeah, baby. Tonight, yet another staggering heat wave striking fantasy football. Oh, my God. If you've never paid attention to all these stuff on the app, go pay, pay attention to that, to that nice video. That we just had youtube.com slash Broto Fantasy for the last time on the Heat Wave, but definitely not the last time this season. I am welcoming in my two partners, Mr. Michael Petropolis and Mr. Matt Ward. What's up, fellas? What up, what up, what up? Jets, baby. It's been a pleasure. For the first time in this show's history, the Jets are a contender. This since the beginning of the show, this, we started recording episodes in 2015. Um those episodes are no longer available to the public. We started 2016 <laughs> in the public eye. So um, that's when we started. And the Jets have been terrible since 2016. There's been no even sniffing a playoff appearance. Uh, and this year, they oh, are last the... year we sniffed. No, uh, we sniffed. We see, sniffed. see, that's the thing. We are we've been so far from the playoffs that last year finishing under 500 was us sniffing the playoffs. Tim, the Jets uh, were like seven and four or some shit. We fantastic. Totally That's not sniffing the playoffs. We're under 500, Michael. We, we didn't sniffed. slip. We didn't. We weren't even close. The last yeah. three games meant nothing. Uh, anyway, um, this year Super Bowl ab- aspirations. When an old Green Bay compatriot, just like the last time the Jets had a chance to win with Brett Favre. Well, we had that one chance when Matt we Sanchez left. disrespect us. Well, the Sanchez Sanchez was uh yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. Yeah. Um but we really didn't have a chance to win because of Mark Sanchez. If that was Brett yeah, I, mean, that team. I said Matt Sanchez too, but yeah. Yeah, I'm glad you, you, about you me with a disrespect. You guys can't even call the guy the right name. I'll uh-huh. never forget him for eating those glizzies on the sideline. It was a glizzy goblin sideline. Um, but anyway, the Jets, we've never seen this before. But we've seen this coaching staff before. Robert Sala, 18 years NFL experience, third years, the third year as the Jets head coach this past season, the 2022, 22, of course. Sala overseen a team that increased their 
total wins by three despite using three different starter quarterbacks. The Jets improved in nearly every offensive category after finishing last in the league in total defense in 2021. Salah led a defensive unit that finished fourth overall in 2022. Also, I just want to put out there, not to toot my own horn, but I'm going to toot my own horn for a second because no one there. Who else is going to toot my horn if I don't toot my own horn? You know, Every year... Um, around week two, week three, I identify a uh, streaming defense and I tell you that this is the defense to own for the remainder of the season. And I, I always tend to be right. I do it every year. I don't know why I identified defense in last year it was the Jets defense and they did not disappoint. Um, they were fantastic. Salah also became one of the first one of the five coaches in NFL history to finish in the top five in team defenses only one season after ranking dead last. The new offensive coordinator and one of the reasons why Aaron Rodgers wanted to come in the first place, Nathaniel Hackett. Hackett entered his first year as the New York Jets uh, offensive coordinator after a very much failed experiment as head coach. In 2022, Hackett brings 15 years of NFL coaching experience to the Jets, serving as Green Bay Packers offensive coordinator 2019 through 2021, helping reignite the fuel that was Aaron Rodgers to back to back MVP seasons in 2022 and in 2021. I'm not going to waste your time on their record or their points per game or any of that because it is a brand new situation. New offensive coordinator, new quarterback, new situation. Their offensive additions. Obviously. Quarterback Aaron Rodgers, the big one. Wide receiver Allen Robinson, recently signed. Running back Darius Dalvin Cook. What I say? Allen Robinson. Robinson. I'd rather have Allen Lazard. Uh, wide receiver McCall Hardman. Wide receiver Randall Cobb and rookie running back Israel. I've been I've Izzy to the hizzy. Uh, offensive subtractions. Wide receiver Elijah Moore. Good riddance. Wide uh, running back James Robinson. That's nice of you to put that on the list, Matt. And quarterback Mike White. All right. Let's get into this. The quarterback, Aaron Rodgers. This, this one's you, Michael, right? Nope. Or is this Matt? Oh, no, Matt. I got I got right. this one. Go for and it, I mean, I, I, I'm going to be probably just as kind as Mike was because QB 16 ADP for Aaron Rodgers, even after a down season, ridiculous. is ridiculous. Yeah, it's, it's pretty ridiculous, man. And and especially considering the the, you know, overall production that he had last season absolutely a bit of regression but now stepping into a much improved offense an improved offensive line as long as it remains healthy as far as pff is concerned obviously jets offensive line being ranked ahead of the packers this season and then you're talking about garrett wilson's second year breakout coming along like he's got Brees hall there now dalvin cook as well uh in, in great deep threats in, in alan lazard and nicole hardman but for most part those guys are just that but either way like it's it's all signs pointing up and back to positive regression for aaron Rodgers. now again like he did face a, a pretty unpredictable decline last season even though the weapons around him were arguably the worst of his entire career um, but it followed his decline in regression followed literally like two of his best seasons of his career ever back-to-back MVP wins posted career lows last season in passing yards, passing touchdowns and points per game. The only seasons in which he actually had like lower total stats, which I'm not kind of counting against him, are the seasons in which he sat behind Brett Favre and, and the 2013 and 2017 seasons where he played just nine and seven games respectively. He had his lowest uh, yards per attempt since 2015 during the 2022 season ranked 24th in completion percentage at 64.6% and averaged just 14.8 points per game. I had to bring up the negatives still finished 11th in true throw value, obviously giving a sign for some of that positive regression, a la even a Ryan Tannehill of old. And now the negatives are out of the way. I expect him to have an incredible season in New York, despite being nearly 39 years old. He played much of the 2020 season, 2022 season, rather, sorry, with a significant injury to his throwing hand, which I think is also being completely ignored when you're considering this ADP dip and still finished 
10th in attempts, second in deep ball attempts, ninth in red zone attempts with 3,695 passing yards, which is QB 11, and 26 passing touchdowns, which is QB 7, with a completely torn up throwing hand. So reuniting with the guy that literally sparked his MVP wins, who just so happens to be often um Aaron Rodgers is like favorite offensive coordinator ever who even just recently went to bat for against Sean Payton saying like keep my my coach's name out your mouth and you know like little uh Will Smith throwback quote there but yeah like Aaron Rodgers is him and Nathaniel Hackett are the greatest combination of OC and quarterback in Rodgers career um that he has you know obviously been, been with in this long tenure I think Garrett Wilson, as all of the positives that I said about Chris Olave in the previous Saints episode, also do apply to Garrett Wilson as well. I'll let the wide receiver position take over there. But again, all signs are pointing up. And even if you're talking about a low-end QB1 a la Kirk Cousins season, he's still being valued below him. <laughs> like It's QB16. is just it's there. It makes no sense. You have to take that shot on a quarterback every time. And for one QB redraft leagues, talking about zero QB strategies as we have been throughout the heat wave, I think he's the best punt position quarterback for all of redraft. I, it's hard to argue with you about that. I mean, you're, you're getting Aaron, a revitalized Aaron Rodgers. And, you know, back in the day, for those of you guys who've been listening to the podcast for a long time, I told Michael and Jason – I told him that Aaron Rodgers, after Jordan Love got drafted, I said, Aaron Rodgers is going to bounce back because he's an egotistical dude. That's just who he is. And I, I mean, think that I, you, we can embrace yeah. it. We can embrace it. He has an ego, and he needs a chip on his shoulder. And guess what happened? He won back-to-back MVPs. The Twins, still to this day, will say, it had nothing to do with it. nothing I, I, to I, do I, Like can, Rocky after he got the... punched. You're the smallest the smidgen of credit to Jordan Love making him angry, sure. But yeah, I yes. really do think it's it's Nathaniel Hackett. <laughs> Regardless. And, and funny to like, now I just, this kind of just popped into my head, but I think it's just a funny random thing because we were talking about Matt Eberflus being like phenomenal defensive coordinator and, or, um, sorry, the Dolphins' new defensive coordinator. Tim, help, back Vic me up Fan, here. Vic Fangio. Vic Fangio, thank you. Being phenomenal th- defensive coordinator, horrendous head coach and i think nathaniel hackett is very much like one of the top three offensive coordinators in the nfl but just horrendous head coach that's a that's high praise but uh but you know Aaron Rodgers is one of my most drafted best ball quarterbacks i mean if you're talking about like literally pure offensive coordinators guys that like just have the oc role and and really shouldn't be head coaches because all of the best offensive coordinators in the nfl are head coaches (laughs) like sean McVay is a head coach mike mcdaniel's a head coach right Yeah. yeah yeah exactly right so uh, so I let's still get can't it. believe the oh, Jets have Aaron Rodgers. It's it's so glorious. It's as a Jets fan, and I mean we've taken almost ten minutes on it, but it's actually like insane that they also got Aaron Rodgers to take a significant contract um, re-signing to, for, to get paid less money over three years. Like he seems like he's sticking around, and they're going to be able to retool as well. Like it's it's it is, yeah. <laughs> It's yeah, pretty they, great for Jets fans, and I'm not a Jets fan, but I, I certainly don't think QB 16 is fair either. <laughs> so I'll say there is uh, this one guy that Aaron Rodgers is throwing to us against these wide receivers that made a name for himself. And last year we were on the heat wave and we were, t- we were telling you, listen, we don't want to sound like homers, but this guy Garrett Wilson, when you look at him on tape, he reminds you of a guy called Justin Jefferson. Now, are we saying that he is Justin Jefferson? No, but in his rookie season, he put up an A-minus uh, uh, 
fantasy grade uh, exclusively on the Brodo player cards and the Brodo fantasy football, fantasy football by Brodo app, by the way. Um, he, an A minus, he was seventh in the entire NFL in targets. The way he moves is very Justin Jefferson like. Um, look, he had a really bad situation at quarterback, but still finished 22nd overall uh, in PPR points. To really give you an idea of how much he outplayed his quarterbacks, his A dot was 50th, 50th, yet he still finished with the 13th most receiving yards in the, in the league. His true throw value was 50th, 50th. His true target value, but yeah. through target value, 50th. And he finished 22nd in PPR points. This is a guy who has is jumping the expectations. And now with Aaron Rodgers, you're going to see even more than that. In fact, the only rookies since 1992 to ever have 140 targets in their rookie season, Anquan Bolden, Terry Glenn, Terry Glenn, by the way, if you don't know Terry Glenn, had some injury plague seasons, but 8,800 yards and 44 touchdowns in his career. Garrett Wilson, Jalen Waddell, and then Kelvin Benjamin. We're going to act like a couple more. Oh, but Tim but doesn't want to draft Jalen Kelvin Waddell. Benjamin was a base, like essentially a bulletproof prospect. So He was. And, and the only guys to get over 1,100 yards in that situation, Garrett Wilson, Terry Glenn, and Anquan Bolden. The only ones to have at least 13 yards per reception. Garrett Wilson and Anquan Bolden. So this is these are this is a very finite list of people who got this much exposure as a rookie. And Anquan Bolden ended up being a fantasy beast, even though it was kind of like he was in he was with the Ravens. They didn't pass that much. It was, it was but he was a great player. And I think oh, he was his peak was with the Cardinals. Come on, yeah. where is yeah when he was with the Cardinals he was fantastic. And so when when he was. So what you have to ask yourself is, do you believe in the Garrett Wilson bump? Because you're taking him right now at a place at the end of the second round, you're taking him. And if you're taking him at the end of the second round, he's either your best receiver or your second best receiver with no running backs. So you are playing a game that is going to either pay off or hit you in the face because, again, We've seen crazier things happen than, than a fall off of a guy who has a good rookie season. With that being said, I love me some Garrett Wilson this year. I'm, I hope that I, I get a chance to draft a lot as much Garrett Wilson as I can at the back of the second round. I think that especially if you're going to, uh, if you went running back early, like if you went, huh? <laughs> I mean, his ADP is like 16th overall right now. Yeah. Well, yeah. Oh man. So maybe you got to get yeah. him. A little you got to get him even like, and that's why, you know, I, I kind first. of had a, a soft yes when it's like I do buy the bump, but I don't necessarily buy the bump in cost, especially yeah, I mean, when, you know, we tough. really did go over it a lot with that Saints episode. But you're talking about a very similar range of outcomes around later in not just Crystal Lave, but several wide receivers. Yeah, I agree. Gary Wilson at 16 is a little bit high price for me. I don't I don't think that I can be like a situation where I'm taking a Bijan Robinson and then coming back and taking Garrett Wilson or like a. Uh, Stefan Diggs and then coming back and taking Garrett Wilson. It's uh, there's guys in that range too. That is like Amon Ra's there. Although like you can take Garrett Wilson over Amon Ra, but guys like Devonte Adams is there in that range. AJ Brown's in that range. CD Lamb's Lamb. in that range. Yeah. Yeah. So and then I think I wanted to bring it up like kind of quick too, but like for, you know, all reasoning, like CD Lamb was a, a very 
phenomenal prospect, a first round draft selection, had a great rookie season, right? And still in his second year and what was all assumed to be like a pretty phenomenal pro, um, progression still didn't finish as a top six wide receiver in points per game. And th- that is what Garrett Wilson is being drafted at. Look, right, Garrett so you- Wilson was a, a stud last season, as we know. Yeah. Aaron Rodgers, yeah. like you were about. Oh, Aaron Rodgers has made wide receiver ones, wide receiver one overalls his entire career. Devontae Adams, Jordy Nelson, Greg Jennings, even Jordy yeah. Nelson, Egg George Jennings at the same time. Christian Watson last year was a wide receiver, was a top five wide receiver the second half of the year once he returns from injury. And I'm about to get into some like, Alan Lazard who had a surprise good season. I'm uh I'm drafting Garrett Wilson happily at ADP. I, I, I can't I can't give any arguments against it. I absolutely love Garrett Wilson. He's my wide receiver one coming out of the class, and and I I completely understand because I I do believe that he has top five positional points per game outcome. But it's just I guess that my old stubborn philosophy is uh, I have a tough time drafting guys at their ceiling. You're paying which I, I don't ceiling. think he finishes as wide receiver one overall this yes, year. Yes, but he has the opportunity to. I think yeah, that him, I think he, he could be a top three. Receiver. Yeah, absolutely, he does. Like for sure. At, it, at this time, at this time next year, are we talking about drafting him in the first round? If if we are, yeah, then you've beaten it ADP. So it's not like yeah. he doesn't but have. But that's also the, the same, potential. like the same kind of value insulation, even from a redraft perspective that a guy like, again, like CD Lamb would have, or, or Devonte Smith, right? Where they. Devontae of course, he's going to be drafted I, in the first round I, next year. I consider him like <laughs> the year Jeff, Justin Jefferson's sophomore year when he was going late second. I drafted him in the second round in in under in best ball leagues. I had like forty percent Justin Jefferson because I was taking him at the turn with the twelfth pick, even though his ADP was like twenty three because I wanted Justin Jefferson so bad. Like that's how I feel about Garrett Wilson this year. I'm just drafting. Yeah, no, no, man. Like, don't get it twisted. You are talking about wide receiver one overall range of outcomes. It's just a very yeah. Like you, you're going to pay up for it too. That's that's it. Alan Lazard. I think let's not talk too much about Alan Lazard because he does have a cap, but I think he could be a draft steal right now, going very late, twelfth, eleventh, tenth round. Got twenty percent of the targets from A Rod last season. That doesn't. That's not a coincidence. Twenty percent is is a, a solid percentage of the targets. He's obviously familiar with the offense. He's a trusted guy for A Rod. Finished in the top thirty six ten different times last season. So definitely paid off at ADP last season. He's being like I said. He's being drafted at that point, especially in the beginning of the season. If you you know if you got a quarterback, if you got a quarterback and a tight end in like the first six rounds. Uh, you know, if you did that and you were looking for a wide receiver three and you have a weak wide receiver three, you could throw Alan Lazard in there for a couple of weeks maybe and take the chance that, you know, while Aaron Rodgers and Garrett Wilson kind of figure each other out, that Aaron Rodgers goes to his favorite receiver a few times in the first couple of weeks. So I think that um, that's what you're looking at with Alan Lazard, you know, a nice bench piece. I think that he's being slept on a bit, you know, because because uh, Garrett Wilson is there. Uh, but, you know, Aaron Rodgers definitely likes to look for Alan Lazard. I wouldn't waste any time on, on the rest of the guys. I picked. McCoy. I want to add something. I do want to say that. Uh, well, one for Alan Lazard. Um, I agree with you. I think he's being uh, slightly. Yeah. Undrafted. And I also think that as much as I've disliked your Alan Lazard takes of pass, that might have been your most rational outlook on him. And I, I absolutely agree with that. That's what I said last year. And you guys jumped down my throat. I said he's going to be a wide receiver. Three I mean, we, like, you were like you were essentially wrong. Like, I, don't, you can't I wasn't wrong. He was a wide receiver three. Twenty five points per game finished. What? No, I did not say that. I just listened Anywho. to the episode. He was my low level sleeper. Anywho. Um, Nicole Hardman is my most drafted best ball player. I was going to say, 
I, he's I, gonna I, have a, a 29 point game in week 16 and that's gonna pay off but other than that i don't like I, yeah and I'm, I'm not also, i'm not touching him in redraft but in best ball yeah, exactly. I, i'm taking him I mean. in a you're gonna get a wide receiver one finish from that kid I, I also predict that at least one time this year, Randall Cobb wins somebody the Millie Maker. Um, with that being said, Michael, what are, what do we expect out of these running backs? Because Brees Hall is one of the weirdest guys, man. It's like you got to take him in the fourth round or the, or the late third round now. And, you know, you don't know what you're going to get from him. The addition of Dalvin Cook in the backfield muddles things. Where would you take Brees Hall? Where are you taking Dalvin Cook? How are you looking at these guys long term? What is what is, what's going on back here? Yeah, I forget which episode exactly. I think maybe the Cowboys, but in that episode, I said I wasn't very interested in Brees Hall at his ADP, and you guys looked at me like you wanted to tear my head off. This was, well, of course, that was pre Dalvin Cook signing. Yeah. yeah, exactly. But that at that point, he was going in like the early third round. And my issue with Brees Hall, my only issue with Brees Hall is that he tore his ACL in week seven of last season, which means he's only 10 months removed from a full-on ACL surgery, and we've seen what ACL injuries have done to running backs in the past. Very often, ACL injuries lead to depressed production the following season. It's not until year two post-recovery um, that they really look like themselves again. They also have increased re-injury risk. And uh, Brees Hall said he's still dealing with some near knee soreness here and there. Um, so that's why I wasn't on Brees Hall at his early third round ADP um, around like RB 12. But now on underdog, he's going at RB 15, 44th overall. So that's mid fourth round. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. on FFPC, FFPC just added a, a nifty new tool on their, um, an FFPC ADP link there. You could look at ADPs and um, change it to different time periods and different contests. Um, I mean, if you become a Broto patron, you get a free $5 league. For FFPC, so go ahead and do that. Um, and over the past week, on in, in the main event, which is the two thousand dollar entry contest, he's the RB sixteen forty seven overall. So late fourth round. This is very different than early third round. Um, since Dalvin Cook signed on to the New York Jets, I understand the the fear now. But we're talking about a running back. He was number one in yards per touch as a rookie. He was top 15 running back every single week outside of week one and the final game where he got hurt. But even in that game against the Broncos, he scored a long touchdown. He was cooking. Yeah, he was RB 22 on like so 12 snaps. Good. Yeah, Dude, he, he, he was cooking. So Broncos many of my game. teams would have won championships had Brees Hall like, just continued. His first 12 snaps of that game, like I specifically remember because I like to remember tweeting about it too. His first 12 snaps of that game were like four carries and two receptions and a touchdown. It's like, yeah, this is just absurd. this kid's offense. Like he yeah. was just, he was a superstar in every sense of the word, like just from the jump as a rookie, which is why the injury was so devastating. But now like there's a big difference between early third round pick and late fourth round pick. And that's Brees Hall now so honestly it's it may sound weird but since the Dalvin Cook signing I like drafting Brees Hall a little bit more I think uh, the late fourth is a lot more palatable even with um, Dalvin Cook returning because I was never someone who thought Dalvin uh, excuse me Brees Hall was going to be a workhorse this year after the ACL injury I thought they were going to want to um, ease him in a little bit and now getting Dalvin Cook like look for, let's discuss Dalvin Cook too because Dalvin Cook is not a Nobody by any means. It certainly dampens outlook on Hall. Some people want to say, um, compared to like Michael Carter and Israel Bonaconda and company. But look, 
we've seen what Aaron Rodgers running back tandems have done in the past. Aaron Jones and company, A.J. Dillon. Like, why can't Brees Hall and Dalvin Cook just be Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon on steroids? Like, they're both just better versions of those running backs, um, if we're being honest. And Dalvin Cook, he digressed a bit in 2022. Yes, worst yards per carry in his career, 47th in points per opportunity, excluding touchdowns. Overall decrease in basically all efficiency stats, but he was still the RB14. Um, and he's still like, even if he's not the a top five running back in the league anymore, no one's going to like tell me that he's not still a very good running back in the league. He's obviously better than Michael Carter, Zonovan Knight and Israel Abanaconda. The contract he could earn up to $8.6 million. Like the Jets were not giving him, they're not giving him chump change. Like they're saying you could go out and earn this money. I think Cook's going to get 35 to 50% of the snaps any given week, maybe more the first several weeks as Brees Hall recovers. I think it's going to be like one of those frustrating, um, you know, Aaron Jones, A.J. Dillon type splits where sometimes A.J. Dillon would outsnap Aaron Jones and you'd be like, why is this happening? That's just how it works sometimes. Um, and I think that might be the case with the Jets trying to keep Brees Hall healthy, at least until the second half too. Like I expect Brees Hall to get more and more work as the season continues, which which is going to be nice as the uh, the playoffs approach and such. Dalvin Cook's ADP currently um, on FFPC over the past week since he signed with the Jets. Just RB31, 83 overall. So, like, why not? Like, why not draft Dalvin Cook at, at, RB, at the cost of RB31? He's going to get 10 to 15 carries a game, I think. He's going to catch some passes. Like, he's not someone who can't catch passes. He's going to rotate in and out with Hall. He's not going to be a a third down back like he's going to get drives and the Jets offense is going to be good so I think Dalvin Cook is a um is a pretty solid value at his ADP right now I think it's going to be a high-powered offense and even Brees Hall now that um his ADP has depressed a little bit to like late fourth round I like him there as well also you gotta remember too like Nathaniel Hackett um when it became AJ Dillon Aaron Jones the touches became very even 221 to 223. Uh, A.J. Dillon had 221 touches. Aaron Jones had 223 touches in the um, in the 2021 season, the last time Nathaniel Hackett was the, the coach. It, both had fantastic, like, fantasy outputs. Like, um, 1,190 yards for Aaron Jones from scrimmage, 10 touchdowns, 1,116 yards and seven touchdowns for A.J. Dillon. So both of these guys were... We're definitely in the mix, and that includes uh, offense that had, you know, Devontae Adams get almost 1,600 yards uh, receiving. And, you know, Alan Lazard getting his 40 catches and, and Marquez Valdez-Scantling and Randall Cobb. Like, this is this was not a run-all-the-time offense. And even before A.J. Dillon was there, a lesser prospect in their eyes, especially during that time, Jamal Williams also got about – a third less carry uh, touches than Aaron Jones did in his time. So definitely always a split backfield um, in this yeah, no, I, for them. I will interject on, on the, on the money situation a little bit as well. Like Aaron Rodgers uh, restructured his contract a little late in the off season. So it really only left these running backs that were littered throughout the market without contracts um, to sign. So it really like, yes, up to 8.6 with guarantees or whatever, but it's also just like a good faith signing. They had nowhere else to allocate the money and they already had it. It's it's only a one year contract. Right. Yeah. Um, and, and I will also say too, like going back through the Patriots episode, I feel the same way, 
but almost to the umpteenth degree about Brees and Dalvin Cook as I did about Ramondre and Zeke. And obviously Dalvin in a much better position in his career right now than Zeke is in and obviously more talented. But if, if Brees Hall is that dude and can get back to 100% um, before the season is over, like then he's going to be that dude. Agreed. So, I, so would you guys say this is a poss- possible plausible narrative? Brees Hall starts the season off slowly, getting reintegrated into the offense, maybe even missing the first couple games. Um, Dalvin Cook going to miss the games, but maybe. I don't think so either. But Dalvin Cook plays well, but as the season goes on, it's clear that Brees Hall is the more talented back. He starts taking over, and then by like week ten, it's Brees Hall's backfield with, with yeah, Dalvin like almost how it works out for most running backs, yeah. regardless of the yeah. talent level, you know, in their rookie season. But he didn't get to complete that cycle. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're, even you're like right. like Tony Pollard and Zeke last year, like Tony yeah, Pollard be, started doing yeah. all the work, but Zeke would still come in, score touchdowns. Like, no, it, it can be, it can be very, very beneficial to have both of these guys even on your roster for sure. As a Jets fan, it's going to be fun. Yeah. Let's get into tight ends. Um, how are you feeling about the Tyler Conklin, CJ Uzuma, Jeremy Rucker situation? Rucker. Rucker. I mean, yeah, I'm not great. And I think they're probably the, the odd men out in the target earning touch earning competition here, obviously, especially with a Robert Saleh, you know, Nathaniel Hackett offense. Although I will concede that Aaron Rodgers famously brought fantasy relevance to the likes of placement level scrubs like Robert Tunyon and and yeah. Joseph DeGuara during like some points right so yeah and I mean Rogers what's what's the guy? Cool? Rodney Rogers Rod something Richard. Rogers Richard, Richard Rogers Richard Rogers yeah exactly right like, so there's, yeah there's been there's been blow up games and in blow up seasons uh Michael Finley for Packers tight ends, obviously Mercedes Lewis is a little, you know, for the. I would say there, his, but... his career ended up being good enough where he's can't call him a scrub, really. Who Tunyon? No, I mean, Jermichael Lewis. Finley wasn't a scrub. He no, was really yeah, yeah, I, 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 I didn't like drop Jermichael. <laughs> that was absolutely not. Bro, don't no, shit on like, Jermichael Finley too. It's it's really interesting to look at Tyler Conklin specifically through the last two seasons because he put up nearly identical numbers in 2021 and 22. He recorded 87 targets in 17 games both seasons, managed 61 receptions in 2021, 58 receptions in 2022. Slight reception edge allowed him to accrue 43 more yards in 2021 than in 2022, but he averaged the exact same yards per reception in each season with three touchdowns in both seasons as well. Uh, Finished 2021 averaging 8.1 points per game as the tight end 18, four top 12 weekly finishes and three top six weekly finishes, including a tight end two overall performance of 20.0 points. So like, Tyler Conklin was like a low-key, sneaky streamer at at several points during the season. Uh, Ended 2022, though, averaging 7.7 points per game as the tight end 21, uh, with three top 10 weekly finishes, four top 12 weekly finishes, and three top six weekly finishes again, including a tight end one overall performance of 25.9 points. Isn't that insane? Three top 10 weekly finishes in 2021, four top 12, three top six. And 2022, three top 10, four top... 12 three top six same target same reception yeah like it's it's uh, so yeah conklin is a consistent i would say name to watch because you're going to stream him if you stream tight end positions like tyler conklin is a perennial streamer that you can pick a matchup against a team like the raiders or or the cardinals or the browns that you know historically and consistently average ridiculous points per game against the seahawks last season were really a good one there's always Um, one team that just bleeds points to tight ends yeah, like two, and literally like by like 18.9, you know, like 19 points per game to the position. It, it's wild. And you see 
blow-ups from you can literally just be like, oh, Will Disley's playing the the Cardinals yeah. this week. And you like, know it by week you know it by week four. Yeah, and, and you know it by heading over to the Broto Fantasy app and going to true matchup rank, right? So it's it's one of the most effective tools as well. And and yeah, like Ty Conklin's gonna have some blow-up weeks. I think he's a better best ball target. I don't want to manage him and redraft. If I'm punting the position, I'm probably gonna go for a more upside guy in those later, you know, tight end. 13 to 16 range, like a guy like Greg Dulcich. Um, but I definitely think that he's a viable streamer and somebody that you can immediately put on your watch list. All right, Matt, it's time. Who is your dynasty? I'm, I'm very, I'm very excited about this particular dynasty stash. I, I really, stash? so like it, last year it was Bam Knight, right? And I really liked Bam Knight and, and I still, he had some pretty productive games when Brees Hall went down and, and then he me. just, kind of disappeared right and, and a lot of those productive games were like 83 yards and in, in a touchdown um on on 16 carries or whatever but then literally completely disappeared once you know obviously the backfield didn't uh, get any healthier it just things didn't work out for him and, and now they bring in Izzy Abinaconda who man this kid is he's like he's an analytic dream for one season <laughs> like I mean, no other production really outside of that but he's 510 220 he's got that sweet sweet bmi above 30 it's 31.0 even he runs a 4.45 second 40 yard dash with an 82nd percentile weight adjusted speed score and a 97th percentile burst score accredited to his 41 inch vertical and 128 inch broad jump he's 20 years old like he Explosive. boasts a 97th percentile dominate dominator rating in his best season, 97th percentile. You know who else boasts a 97th percentile dominator rating in their best season that also happens to be on the Jets? Davin Cook. We saw. <laughs> yeah. We saw that 99. Yeah. Which, which again, yeah, yeah, but like it, it well, Brees Hall had a 97 and a 99 percentile um, market share, but not dominator rating overall, which is rushing and receiving. Yeah, uh, Mark Scherer rushing, rather. I didn't say it was. Nine, I, I beg to differ. Nine percentile Mark Scherer rushing. I, 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 I'll I'll pull it for you, but I, I promise <laughs> we we did this once because we recorded the heat wave and you said it last episode and I was like it's ninety seven, but that was last year's Jets episode. Go back through the archives, folks. Um, either way, like it was only one season where Brees has more ah, you're right above ninety <laughs> above ninety. Percentile dominator rating. So I'm the Dynasty Don, bro, and Fantasy Encyclopedia. This is true. But either way, a single season of elite production isn't quite enough to teeter a running back prospect specifically. It's why we red flag Tank Bigsby a little bit, right? Because uh, even if it came out as a true freshman. But it's crazy because Tank was almost the same age when Izzy put up his breakout in his junior year at 19 years old and tank was a you know turning 18 year old freshman right like only 10 months separated them but three years of collegiate experience did which is wild and in that final season for Pitt, 1431 yards 231 rushing attempts, 5.98 yards per carry with 21 total touchdowns 12 receptions 146 yards across 11 games not a great receiving um or a great passing team was Pitt with Caden Slovis last year. So that was actually like a quite a decent market share, just under 10% of receiving production for that whole team. And still a raw athlete with only one season of production at 20 years old left, like I said. But all of the negatives are kind of attributed to the, his fall in draft. Round five, his fall in rookie drafts. You're going to get him late round three, round four. And Mike nailed everything with Brees Hall. Dalvin Cook could be on a decline as well and, and potential injuries. We know what Bam Knight is. We know Michael Carter's a special teamer. Izzy's going to see some run, and if you've been watching him in preseason, he can run. 
Yeah, he's been having a great preseason. Uh, speaking of great preseasons, you guys see Makai Becton absolutely mauling yes. human beings. Makai Becton has been the only thing, because I, mean, I love offensive line play, obviously, and the only thing against Makai is his health. He's one of the most yeah, talented sure. tackles in the league. Dude, him, the addition of him, if he plays well with Elijah Vera Tucker, he will. that's going to be, the Jets are going to be a problem because then they have no weak unit, no weaknesses. Right now, their only weakness is that offensive line. With that being said, no weaknesses here on Brodo either, baby. Um, we are It's Thursday, uh, so we don't want to end on a Thursday. We're going to give you a bonus episode. Let's call it Heat Wave episode 33, wrapping it all up with a mock draft. So join us tomorrow for a mock draft. Uh, yeah, let's, let's make a Heat Wave episode 33. What do you guys say about that? Uh, sure, so sure. So then we'll go. We'll put that on uh, on Friday. We'll have the cheat. The cheat sheet should is available already. So get that in there, and good luck on your drafts if it's coming up this weekend. We hope that you go back and listen to all the heat waves to prepare. Um, put them on one point five, and you can get done with them in like five commutes. It's all good. All right, go check out these heat waves. We love you very much. Thank you so much for your support. Don't forget to to to. This next week we have a lot of important episodes coming up. We have our hat hangers. Number one. Then we have our sleepers and busts. Number two. We have the mock draft coming up. And next week after the mock draft during those two uh, episodes I just talked about, a very special announcement is going to change Brodo forever. All right. So definitely come and check that out. That being said, we love you all. Thank you so much for your support. Follow us on all socials. Leave a kind review. We love you. Peace. Much love. Later.